Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We here at the Fumbling Four Network take mental health very serious. If you or someone you know is having thoughts of suicide, please reach out to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. If you don't like talking on the phone, you can text or start an online chat. Once again, the number is 1-800-273-8255. Welcome to the Resident Evil Lorecast, the podcast that will explore the various mediums and lore of the Resident Evil franchise, such as the video games, movies, novels, and more. And here are your hosts, Ariel, Daniel, and Aaron. Got something that might interest you. <laughs> and welcome back to the Resident Evil Lorecast. Oh, you took over this time. I did. I am your host, Aaron, and joining me... As always, this is our lovely co-host, Ariel. Hello. And our somewhat okay charming co-host guy, Daniel. Don't be a dick. <laughs> I think charming is a far stretch. A little bit. Hi there. <laughs> uh, well, I wasn't able to uh, be part of last recording. Sorry, I was sick. But this recording, we're going over... What is it, Ariel? Yes. I don't know. I don't know either. I didn't bring my notes. Just kidding. We're doing discussion on Resident Evil Damnation. <laughs> Woo! So, without further ado, let's dive on in here. Enter diving sound effect. Oh my gosh. You oh yeah, I don't do sound effects on this def- podcast. <laughs> you should definitely put that one in there though. Yeah, okay. Ariel, when you're editing this, put in diving sound effect. Oh my god. Effect. So, this movie was awesome. It was pretty good. I actually enjoyed this one thoroughly. <laughs> I know, like, it's discussion episode, so let's start discussing some things. I want to discuss the tyrants. Okay, we're starting right off heavy, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Because Daniel discussed, like, you know, the bio or whatever of the tyrant. I just want to discuss them. Like, I loved how they were massive. Mm-hmm. They were just absolutely massive. I like how they were dressed prior to transforming. <laughs> yeah, their trench coats were pretty sweet. And like, the boots with the metal lining. I mean, they were some pretty edgy boys. Yeah. It was like a freaking giant mixed with Mr. X, just without the hat. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. I mean, 
I would like to take a moment to compare Mr. X and the RE2 remake to these. I want to say the size difference isn't incredibly different. Because, I mean, I will say Mr. X in the RE2 game seems a little bit smaller, but not by much. Oh, he was massively smaller, comparing. I mean, if you remember, like, these tyrants were tall. Mm-hmm. Tall, tall. And yes, Mr. X was tall, but I think they made him look like a dwarf. I mean, I could be remembering wrong. I thought he was a bit taller. Like, I thought he was, like, Well, he's definitely... Something. He's definitely taller, yeah, like Mr. X is, mm-hmm. but these tyrants were taller. I mean, they did trump a tank. I mean, they were definitely taller than a tank. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> like, just bulkier. Mm-hmm. Just massive machines of freaking tyrants. I did like the level of intelligence they displayed in this. Yeah. They were more intelligent. I wouldn't say, like, smart by any means, but they were definitely more intelligent. Oh, yeah. And the fact that they didn't have the exposed hearts like the normal tyrants do. Yeah. was a pretty cool feature. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Danny? I like them before they transformed. That's <laughs> what I'm going to stay with. <laughs> um, while we're talking about these tyrants, is there anything in particular you wanted to talk about with them, Ariel? I already did. Okay. Well, then I have something I want to talk about. I so far want to give this movie the coolest kills in the Resident Evil series. Because Tyrant 1 is taken out by a tank shot to the face through a liquor. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I know I said last episode I didn't really want to discuss it, but it was like right through the liquor's asshole. (laughs) Yeah, she did not want to specify location. Yeah, I figured I would, you know, in the discussion episode cuz I mean, it was pretty cool. It was yeah, it was pretty cool. I'm honestly chalking it up right now with where we're at in the in like in the course of the games and the movies. I'm giving this the coolest kill so far. Is that one right there? Oh yeah, cuz Leon kept moving the cannon and he was like oh I'm gonna move my head oh yeah. I'm gonna move my head at one point the cannon was like right up against his cheek yeah and he was <laughs> smacking him with the cannon <laughs> and then here comes this liquor I'm gonna smack my face yeah. right into your face like I said coolest kill right there however the other one that was pretty cool was the warthog flying in and dropping its birds on the other one like tore it to shreds all that stood there was like some chicken legs yeah well I mean there was the two of them the two that was trapped down in the thing remember because they were both coming at Leon and he's like oh let me grab my knife oh yeah let me grab my knife I do like that little nod to like I, I found it hilarious that that was a little nod to any of the games where you ran out of ammo you immediately had to go to the knife like that was your go to like that's all you have left Right. I like that little nod. <laughs> yeah, that was a great nod. And I do love the fact, too, that it was Leon basically saying, I'm not going down without a fight. <laughs> I know I don't stand a chance, but I'm not going down without a fight. <sighs> that that really was the highest point of this movie. <laughs> I did find some height information on these tyrants. Okay. So a comparison. So Mr. X is only seven feet tall. Okay. So, yeah, I did add a little bit of height to him. So Nemesis is Eight. I knew he was bigger. He's eight feet even. Mm -hmm. So then the T002 from original Resident Evil Evil was eight seven. 
and our damnation tyrants were 14 feet one inch. Oh my god, they are I literally double Mr. And, X. And this is at least pre transformation, which I would say their height probably stays close to the same. Yeah. But at least 14 one for my gosh. You. I mean, I didn't think they were that much taller, but holy crap, you're well, right. I knew, I knew from the watching the movie that they were just ridiculously tall. Yeah, I, so they're double Mr. X. Yeah, I literally gave quite a few feet to Mr. X because <laughs> I thought, well, he's probably like eight foot, nine foot tall. He's substantially smaller than them. <laughs> Maybe your character just looks small and visible yeah, too. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Leon's shorter than he hasn't. He hasn't had his growth spurts. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, I think it's enough about tyrants. Are you sure? I, for now. For now. I this episode was about tyrants. It is not about tyrants. Yeah, we weren't discussing damnation. We were discussing the tyrants. Well, let's I'll go back to the damnation one. Um, no. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the liquors on this? <sighs> I like liquors. I do. But like I was telling Daniel the last episode, they just every movie has them. They are one of the most iconic monsters in the series. I know, but come on, there's so many more BOWs <laughs> you could do. Uh, yeah, I mean they're cool. I like liquors, but come on, I liked how. Well, I liked how they were controlled in this. Mm. Something different. I wish in the movie they would have explained it a little bit better because unless I missed it, I don't believe they explained in the movie that they were infected with the Lost Plaga. I know that they talked about how you have the host and, you know, the other ones and how that's how they were able to, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. They kind of they never outright said it, but they beat around the bush with it. Like there were like subtle hints here and subtle hints there. And like they expected you to piece that puzzle together yourself. Yeah. And like, yeah, I guess you could, but it's always still speculation. Mm -hmm. I like solid proof. Yeah. And yeah, I did like how you could control them, you know, and that paves the way for so many possibilities. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we discussed this after the episode. Oh, well, this is discussion episode, so let's discuss it again. Can you imagine how far this would go if it got to the other BOWs? Depending, because there's certain BOWs you probably wouldn't be able to control, but if you could control a tyrant in the same fashion. Yeah, because there had to have been some level of control of those the big giant boys. Yeah. But could you imagine just ultimate control? I were proposed a better question here. What about control of one of the most iconic BOWs, Wesker? Oh, but he's dead. He's also too smart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically he is a BOW. Do you think the Ouroboros would the modified Ouroboros would affect him in the same way? Well, it did affect him in five. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he was actually one of the people that could you know withstand it True. because because the one got mutated in the lab that you had to fight of course it was a way different mutation but he got mutated as well in that and we don't know how long he could have been that way before yeah and why would you want to control Wesker <laughs> well I mean if you think about it if you have total control of him mm -hmm. would he at that point still have his ability 
to think, you know, 20 steps ahead of you. Would he? No. He might, but you never know because if you have to do something to him to get control of it, would he lose mm-hmm. part of himself? And then comes into the whole, like, he's an asshole. Could you actually gain control of him? True. Who's badass enough to try and control him? <laughs> Leon. Chris. <laughs> I don't Chris, think, definitely. I don't think any of the BSAA no. or our good characters would attempt this. Well, Leon would never because he was strictly against oh, yeah. using BOWs. But Chris, on the other hand, I could see him. I think he would you kill. Dark Chris. I think he would kill Wesker, though, before controlling him. True. I mean, I. It was just a question to propose because I also had the same, very same thought Ariel did of would his intelligence, if you did get a hold of Wesker, would it, would you, would it drop it down? Would he drop his intelligence down to pretty much your level? Would he just be a puzzle piece or would he still be the Wesker we know? I think you just physically control him. I don't know if you can actually, because remember the Lickers wanted to attack Leon and they were only kept at bay. To an extent, maybe you have some mental control, but well, I don't think you could entirely like somebody that smart that you could entirely mentally control them. I liked the whole time I compared the liquors in this movie to well-trained dogs. Essentially, they are controlled by clicks, whistles, you know, verbal and mental commands. Like the whole time they were controlled like really well-trained canines. They didn't think for themselves. When they did think for themselves and go against the programming, when they tried to attack Leon, they were pretty much nixed. Like, they were told to stop. And they went back to good doggy mode. And if you remember in the hallway, when that dude grabbed him and threw everything off, then they tried to attack Leon. Mm-hmm. So, I think, yeah, there you can mostly only physically control with, with simple mental commands, I think you could stop Wesker in his tracks from doing something if you gain yeah. control Wesker. But as far as his smarts of doing something, I think during this time frame, he would still try and figure out how to get out of <laughs> he's this. He's going to turn it around on you. Because you might not be able to stop him right there, but he's going to be like, I got this. Yeah. I'll get at yeah. yeah, I could see him with his intelligence mm-hmm. already figuring out 10 different ways to get out of being in control by you. Oh, yeah. Well... On that note, to answer your guys' original question, an army of tyrants versus one Wesker, I'm taking the tyrants every time. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? Well, which which Wesker are we talking about? Like, where in the timeline is, is this? I mean, if we're talking about in-game Wesker, I mean, obviously I'm taking in-game Wesker because he took out a bunch of stuff. If we're talking like very beginning of the Resident Evil series Wesker, like, I'm no, I'm taking the tyrants. I don't know. Well, and and are we giving him control of the battlefield? Does he know this is coming, or is this random happenstance? Happen? I would say random happenstance. But even then, you can argue the fact that Wesker would already come up with a. Dang it! If this were to happen, this is what I do because he's always he's always ten steps ahead, no matter what. Even a surprise attack, he's probably already thought of that and thought of different scenarios of how to get out of it. That's yeah. why my bet's always on Wesker. It doesn't matter what you throw at him. The only thing and how much. The only thing that evades his vision is a volcano. <laughs> I still uh, say he's not gone. Oh my gosh. It's too hot there for him. I like these proposed <laughs> questions here. He's a very thought provoking. So, Ariel, since you are our Plogus expert, 
what are your thoughts on this? How do you think that they mutated this other than it being the command strand? How do you think they mutated this? I don't think they mutated it at all. Oh, really? Yeah, because in four, you had your host Plaga, which was Sadler. You had the host Plaga. You had the other ones. Mm -hmm. And in this, that's basically what it is. But you have more of the host Plaga. So, you know, uh, Ottoman, he had it to begin with. But the weird thing, which I didn't quite understand, was the rapid rate that it kills you off. Because Sadler, I don't know if he just bonded that well with it. He wasn't actively dying. No. By any means. But with Ottoman, like, he was dying. Yeah. And then when um, Buddy got it, you know, when Buddy injected himself with it, his deteriorating rate was rapid. Oh, yeah. And yeah, he did use a lot of the control and commanding a lot more of the liquors for the assault on the palace. But just that rapid rate of deterioration was just I that's one thing I didn't understand. Mm. And, you know, maybe they did mutate this a little bit. And that mutation causes the host to, you know, die quicker. But and then what I didn't understand is then they turn into zombies. Yeah. Plagas and the T-virus were two completely different things. Plagas is a parasite, and then you have the virus. The T-virus is what caused you to turn into a zombie. But when, you know, Ottoman died, he, like, you know, he was transforming and basically into a zombie. Yeah. And I didn't understand that either, because the Plaga doesn't do that to you. It just kills you. (sighs) It can, you know, it attaches itself to your central nervous system and controls you. So, I didn't understand that part. I know that they had briefly, when they were talking about, like, like when Ada brought up, you know, we've been experimenting on, I don't know if it was Ada or one of the other characters. Either way, it was brought up in the meeting with Ada, in the initial part, that they had been experimenting with the sample. Somebody had been experimenting with the sample. Now, we know experimenting doesn't always mean changing. It may just mean testing. You know, it doesn't mean enhancing or changing. So that's why I'm right with you is is that I don't know whether or not they've changed the formula of the actual parasite in any way or if they just injected it and said, let's see what this can do. You know, maybe that was their experiments. Yeah, it could be. I mean, they had to have done something Mm -hmm. to it now thinking about it. Yeah. To make Ottoman slowly change into a zombie. And... I just don't understand what because if it was just a norm if it was just the plaga it wouldn't have done that it didn't do it to Sadler no and so why would it do it to him well and the to caveat on what you were saying a lot of people are gonna be like well they look just like the ones from four the problem is they didn't act like it because once from four showed signs of intelligence they could communicate they verbally non-verbally you know they were still talking to each other the ones in this one, like, they grunted and groaned at each other. Like, they didn't say two words of each other. Yeah, the only similar thing was they had weapons. Yeah. So, to, to add to your point, yeah, they're very much more like zombies than they are actual infected with, you know, the parasite. Yeah, I wonder if 
In that case, I wonder if they did experiment with that with the T-virus. Maybe. Maybe that's why we get the liquors to be controlled. Uh, possibly. I'm not sure. Because, I mean, technically, if you still have the central nervous system, a plaga can't attach itself to it. Mm-hmm. And that's how you can gain control of that. But, yeah. I don't know. That is weird. Mm. Something to ponder. Food for thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they tried with the tyrants, and maybe the T-virus rejected the plaga. Possibly. I mean, it is... With the tyrants, we're talking a very increased version of the T-virus implementation. Implications. Implementations. Implementations. We're talking about a very high dosage of T-virus for those tyrants. Yeah, because maybe it would kill the plaga instead of mm-hmm. just rejecting it. There's another thing I want to talk about before we go to a mid-break. Oh, let's do it. How awesome JD was. Oh my okay. god, I love JD. I know I talked about it a little bit in, you know, episode prior. But it's just, it's hilarious because he seemed like the character that was, he was the, you know, like, let's, let's make fun of this guy who hates America, but he loves American-made things. You know? Mm-hmm. I, but then you actually, like, get to see him as a person. Yeah. And he's this kind, caring person that can't even kill uh, somebody infected because that's somebody he knows. And or it's just that's a person, uh-huh. regardless if they're, uh, you know, whatever, uh, Ganados or zombie or whatever it may be like, that's still a person and I can't kill them. Yeah. And how he only joined the revolution for Buddy. Yeah, that was a really sad revelation, to be honest. I know, like. I, I love the fact that he at first it was just this character that it was like poking fun at but then he you know evolved into an actual mm-hmm. good character at first I took it like he was poking fun but as his character evolved throughout it I realized what, what they were trying to portray there was he was masking his actual love for America Oh, yeah. He was very much like, oh, I hate America, but I love American made things. When in reality, he was just saying that so he could still fall in line with, you know, everybody else. Oh, America sucks. But in reality, he was talking about the cheeseburgers and the fries and like he how he wanted to go to America and how American Hollywood movies are the greatest. And he loved America. He just didn't want to admit it out in the open. Yeah. And the fact that he loved the vest. Yes. The vest scene was the greatest. Uh, Go oh, on without me. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. Leave me. Oh, God. He, it hit the vest. Ah, oh, American made things are great. <laughs> love, love JD. I know. And then just that whole with Leon saying, I was really looking forward to taking you to America. Like that ripped my heart in two. That just ripped it in shreds. Carrying on from that point, the flask edition, I I will admit to our listeners, I did not put two and two together with the flask. It was Ariel and Daniel that had to tell me what was going on with the flask, because I was like, whatever, it's a flask. It's it's Leon's flask. He probably took his med pack out and put his flask in. You guys were the ones that pointed out, no, that's not his flask, that was Shady's flask. 
and that's why it meant something so much more when both of them drank out of the flask at the end of the movie. Well, yeah, because that was like their little nod when Leon, when, um, you know, with JD's death scene Mm -hmm. and him giving the vest back to Leon and saying, you know, you, you need this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because he knew he was dying and he knew he was going to die. And him giving it back. So with Leon having it and him getting saved by the flask. I loved that little nod of, you know, Leon had saved JD's life in the beginning of the movie. Now JD returned the favor. Yeah, it was pretty cool. When you guys explained it, that it was JD's flask the whole time, I finally caught on and I did love that little tidbit. I was so sad when he died. (laughs) I wanted him to live and I wanted him to go to America and eat cheeseburgers and fried chicken and... (laughs) see all the movies all the Hollywood movies oh goodness <sighs> I know Daniel was partial to JD eh, not as much <laughs> not as much <laughs> I do want to know what he did prior to the revolution because we know Arena and Buddy were both teachers, teachers. Yeah. yeah it never said what he was prior just that they were all childhood friends I want to I, I like the thought that he's like the janitor at the school they worked <laughs> and that Buddy and his wife were the ones that got him the job. Like, I love that idea. <laughs> he seems like the cool janitor that walks around with, like, headphones on all day, just jamming out while and, he's like, mopping. all the kids absolutely love him. Yes. We can we can make it canon. We have That's this it. Power. It's canon. This there you power. go. Done. He was, he was the school janitor. Nobody has argued otherwise. Uh-huh. And I love, I do love his final stand at the church. Oh, yeah. Because he used his gun. That was the first time that he had actually used his gun. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Because he was trying to, you know, protect everybody uh-huh. there. And it was so sad. Ugh. When he threw the body off of him, I immediately knew. That's it. JD's done. Well, as soon as he coughed, that's yeah. when I go, yeah. I go that's plug That's it was for me when yeah. he started coughing. It was, for me, it was the body roll. When he, like, uh, weakly rolled the body off, I was like, JD's done for. That's it. And then when he coughed, I was like, that's my confirmation. Well, I figured the body somehow infected him, like had a plogus that mm-hmm. could infect him, or that, or that person infected him before he killed them. And that's where I figured that came in. Mm-hmm. Why? We got to go mid-break on a very sad note. I know. I hope you get some good happy news for us. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, I don't. I merchandise, so it'll be happy for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's go to a mid-break. And when we come back, we'll do more discussions. Discussions. <laughs> Well, here we are in the middle of the show. Ariel. What? It's awful middle in here. I was waiting. I got to say it this time. Uh. (laughs) Well, at any rate, all the cheesy one-liners out of the way. What do we do first in the mid-break, Ariel? Bash our heads against the wall at that horrible, horrible (laughs) little line you say. Fine, Daniel. What do we do? We go home. (sighs) We thank our patrons. Guys, come on. Oh, we've been we've been over this. I always forget. Um, so we're going to thank our oh so awesome patrons, starting with our VIP patrons. So we'd like to give a very special thank you to 
Cerberus91, Chaotic Kia, Chris Slate, Christopher Gurley, Gurley, I keep messing that up, <laughs> Donnie Shanks, Naked Mango, and William Jackson. In addition to those, we have to give a special thanks to our All Access patrons, Edward Parks and Remington Cloutier, and last but not least, our official patrons, my Afro Ate My Dog and Philip A. Halbert. I heard you chuckling back there, Daniel. I just want to say that that name is awesome. It is pretty awesome. Like, your name is awesome. (laughs) As long as it's not a server's dog. Gosh. So, with all that being said, um, thank you. Thank you, thank you. I cannot thank you enough. We cannot thank you enough. It is awesome to see so many patrons. And we've been asked repeatedly, yes, we are planning a patron episode at some point we're still talking behind the scenes on that stuff but we are going to do a patron soon um soon patron soon so but you know who else is awesome who's that our listeners they are awesome also lovely because without you we wouldn't have a show this is true the patrons they 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 listen they love and they they you know throw some money at us to make it better and the listeners kind of do the same thing by listening, giving us views, loving the show, shouting us out on Twitter. It's also lovely. We have a great community. We do. Uh, well, with all that being said, we have to do some reviews. <gasps> oh, we haven't done that in a while. I know. We got some new reviews. Are you ready for this? <clears throat> so this one comes to us from White Demon 6. Love the lore cast, five stars. I'm kind of new to the RE universe when it comes to the games, so I love hearing the lore from the franchise. It makes me actually want to buy all the games and play them. I enjoy listening to the show while I'm at work. Ha 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 ha! That's awesome. I mean, it's a pretty great way to pass the time. <laughs> I love the fact that now they want to buy all the games. That's pretty awesome. Yes. There you go, Capcom. There you go, Capcom. You're welcome, Capcom. Uh... <laughs> So the next one comes from Drew STG. 1,000 Leons out of 10. Oh, that is an amazing, (laughs) an amazing thing right there. I knew Ariel was going to love that. Uh, Five stars. Love the podcast, guys. I respect all of you equally. Ariel is the best, though. Sorry, guys. Your podcast gets me through work. (laughs) Even more love for this review, huh? Um, Yeah. You know what? You're awesome. (laughs) You're awesome. Listening to it reminds me when I played them. Keep up the hard work, guys. Yeah, well, we will. you know what? That review is 10,000 Leons. So, <laughs> well, he they said a thousand Leons. So, well, and I said 10,000 because it's mine. Okay. So. All right. Well, fair enough. <laughs> so, the next one comes from Jeb 1938484. Amazing. Five stars. This has been such a great podcast to stumble upon. I absolutely love the Resident Evil series, and it's been great listening to the breakdowns of all the games. Keep up the fantastic work. Three rock hand emojis. Yeah. Let's go. And so that is our newest reviews for the podcast. I mean, I'm all for it. I'm loving this. I, uh, for some odd reason, I didn't get these. These All these reviews were done in August, and I did not get an email update on them, so I am going to have to actively check the 
page for these. I think you were just salty because someone was throwing love my way. <laughs> Not true. Oh, goodness. Well, with all that being said, I think it is now time to cut to the mid-break material. So, Daniel, what do you got? Whole lot of nothing. Bull. I know I lie. So on Etsy, there is a seller by the name of Anexo 3D, which is A-N-E-X-O 3D. They are selling an Umbrella Corporation sampling briefcase. It is a black briefcase. Definitely looks very umbrella oriented. Uh, does have the Umbrella Corporation logo on it. And it runs 92, 98 aerial. Because you couldn't tack on two more cents. Two more cents or they make it even hundred or. <laughs> I feel like everybody now does this on purpose because they want to make Ariel mad. I just I'm need, telling you. I just need to contact these sellers and just purposely have them do weird numbers for this. Be like, hey, I'm going to put this on the show. Make it a weird number. Make it real weird. But they do sell it for ninety two ninety eight. It does not list the shipping, but there is, it does say it is ready to ship in one to two weeks, though because it is larger and it looks like it ships from Spain, it would probably be a little expensive, but that is on Etsy by Anexo 3D, the Umbrella Corporation sampling briefcase. Ooh. This is really cool, and I really like it. Uh, but however, if it's coming from Spain, are they going to throw a plaga in that? I mean, they probably make the virus. If you, <clears throat> if you specifically ask for one, I bet he, I bet they would. I mean, I'm just saying because four took place in Spain, so I just, <laughs> that's probably why it comes from there. Please don't throw in a plaga. Not a real one. It's for free, Ariel. You can't throw pass up free stuff. Yeah. There's some free things I can pass up. <laughs> oh, well, with all that being said, Ariel, what do you got for us today? Uh, not jack shit. You guys are liars. Okay, you're right. I read an article. Oh. Much like I always do. And this one comes from IGN. And the title is Resident Evil Villages. Shadows of Rose DLC will conclude the Winter's Family Saga. I'm actually really sad about this, but let me read this article first before I put in my two cents. So, of course, the DLC arrives on October 28th, and we're now learning that Shadows of Rose is roughly four hours of content. will wrap up the Winter's Family major role in the Resident Evil series. So, speaking to IGN Japan at Tokyo Game Show, director Kento Kinoshita said, Capcom is creating the Shadows of Rose story to conclude the Winter's Family Saga. This means that wherever Resident Evil goes for the next main entry will likely introduce a new set of faces or return to characters we haven't seen in some time. So, Kawata and Kinoshita also spoke about the new third-person mode coming to Resident Evil Village's Gold Edition, saying they wanted fans to look at the mode and wonder, did they make this in third-person from the beginning? What took about as much effort as creating a new game, even the same game can be a very different experience when played in third-person. Kinoshita also spoke to the work involved in the third-person mode, pointing out details that make it clear that Village's third-person gameplay should stand up to other entries in the series. So... Now for my two cents. 
I feel like this is a cop out. Oh. Yeah, don't. Okay. They said from the beginning that this was going to be a Winter's trilogy. You yeah. were going to make seven, eight, and nine about the Winter's family. I feel like this is a cop out because they wanted to go into a new direction right away. So I feel like them saying that now all of a sudden this DLC is the final part of the Winter's saga seems like a major cop out to me. Yeah, I can get that. I can see where that would come from. Yeah, because this is DLC. This isn't even a game. I mean, I I could argue, I could sit here and argue that it's four hours worth of content. But what's happened in the past before with things like this is they say it's four hours worth of content and they're also counting like the third person mode that they introduced to the main storyline. And they're introducing, you know, the bonus stuff and like it could end up being like the rose part is like two and a half three hours long well even if they did make it four hours long that's still not long enough for a video game Mm. you know um, just feel like it's a cop out I feel like they were just like we don't really want to make nine about rose we wanted to do it this way so let's just release this DLC make it a little bit longer and just conclude it all. I can't argue your logic. Honestly, I still kind of feel the same way that it's a cop out, but I'm trying really hard to justify it. (laughs) I mean, don't get me wrong. I am excited about it. I'm excited to play. I'm excited to see what they do with Rose. And I am excited about nine coming out wherever they take it. You know, we've gotten some new info on that that I'm not going to discuss right now but I am excited about it I just feel like it's a letdown you promised us a winner's trilogy and now you're just slapping it on a DLC yeah and it's not like Capcom hasn't done things like this before in the past yeah I get being excited about you wanting to take this to a different direction again or however you know however you wanted to do it I get it but don't promise something that you're not fulfilling yeah Well, maybe I have some good news that'll cheer you up a bit. Oh, that's why I kept my mouth shut. (laughs) About that part. So I also read an article, Ariel. Oh. I read a couple articles. Whoa. um, But the main bulk of it comes from comicbook.com. And this is on Resident Evil 9. So during that same interview that you referred to... And they talked about how they want to take it in a different direction. It started to make a people, a couple people wonder. Back in June of... Wow, words are hard. <clears throat> Back in June of 2022, specifically June 20th, there was an article that I briefly glimpsed over that was talking about how the directors really would like to see the return of four iconic characters. Namely, Leon, Chris... Jill and Claire and they would like to really see a kind of closing for them so with it being said during this interview that they'd like to take the Resident Evil series in a new direction a lot of people have been wondering if that leak was in fact true so This article continues to talk about how 
a Capcom has been releasing Resident Evil material at an alarming rate recently. Um, especially with the announcement of Resident Evil 4 coming out in 2023. We got RE, you know, Village this year. We also got, you know, Remake. We got a lot of stuff going on this year. And it doesn't seem like Capcom's showing any signs of slowing down. So this article is talking about how there will probably be news next year about nine, but we probably won't see a release for nine until right around the beginning of 2024. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. How do you guys feel about it potentially going into these four classic characters to give them a final closure point? I'm actually excited about it. I do want to see what Jill's been up to. Of course, I'm disappointed that one person is in there, but that's beside the point. She's in Vendetta. Listen, they'll probably bring her back after nine. They just want to get rid of the other ones. Don't you give me hope. (laughs) So um, we do have a potential leaked title. We've said it a couple times. You've probably seen it out and about. We don't know if this leak is true or not. It's just kind of what everybody's been referring it to as Resident Evil 9 Apocalypse. But I did mention off air to Ariel, I can't imagine they're going to name it Resident Evil 9. I th- They're kind of up there in numbers now. I think they're just going to start going with, you know, hiding the number in somewhere. But that's still numbering them. Yeah, but I mean, it's not like in your face like this is Resident Evil 9 Apocalypse. It'll be Resident Evil Apocalypse with the 9 hidden in there. Yeah, but that that's still numbering <laughs> them, so. Oh, goodness. Well, that's all we have for the mid-break. I mean, yeah. Or, you- or, you know, like, you were, you were kind of getting into, like, the Nintendo Direct thing mm-hmm. before. Yeah. And, uh, you know what else is coming out? What's that? Tears of the Kingdom. <gasps> For any of you LOZ fans out there. Oh my gosh, yes. That's exciting. I'm super stoked for that. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it has nothing to do with Resident Evil. Nothing to do with it. Sorry, but, but I got excited <laughs> and I wanted to share it with you. Because I'm sure there's some of you out there that also love LOZ. Since we're on the topic of splitting into things that have nothing to do with Resident Evil, should we talk about our new sponsor? We shouldn't. Let's go back to the show. <laughs> Are you being serious? No, I'm not. Am I ever being serious? No. 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 So, (laughs) hey, guys, um, I bet a lot of you out there are also TTRPG fans or just love dice, you know? Yes. Absolutely love dice. Tell me more. So if you go to Metallic Dice Games using our link, you can save yourself 10% off. Oh, I see what you did A dice set. Um, They have dice sets. They have dice trays, mm-hmm. towers, bags, bunch of cool stuff. They've really got, there's one dice in particular that really does have this kind of Resident Evil vibe. It's like a black set of dice that has like blood splatter all over them and it's really cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they have really pretty dice too. They have gemstone mm-hmm. dice. They have like the resin. They have yep. wood dice yeah. that I really want a set of wooden dice. And honestly they're not expensive I mean, like the gemstone dice, I think the most expensive gemstone dice set I saw was like 65, 75 bucks. Oh, no, there's some in the hundreds, but 
you got to keep in mind these are gemstone dice. Yeah, yeah. So you know the resin dice are pretty be, cheap though. Yeah, I mean resin dice are yeah, mm. and even the metal dice are pretty cheap. They're, um, you know, but like forty bucks or you know between twenty to forty, depending on what you get. Still pretty awesome. Yeah, and if you you know get a bunch of metal dice set, you basically just have a bunch of like slingshot ammunition when the zombie apocalypse happens. Yeah, or you know <laughs> because. There is, uh, what is it? Resident Evil Genesis. It is a new role-playing game that, oh yeah, you best believe I'm going to look into and we're going to do that. Oh yeah. For a patron bonus. Yeah. <gasps> Let's go. Yeah, because actually Drunk Pug sent me that. Oh my gosh. And you know he's going to be playing with us too. Of course. So, yeah. Of course, because. But yeah. At any rate. Ariel's right. The link is down in the show notes if you want to go check out some dice yourself. And save 10% off. Save 10%. And uh, let them know that we sent you so that they can keep sponsoring our show. (laughs) But with that being said, I think it really is time to go to the end of the Uh, episode. Yeah, let's get some more discussion in. Woo-woo! Well, here we are, regrettably, at the end of the episode. Did you just say regrettably? I, th- sh- I it sounded Stop like making fun it. of my speech impediment. <laughs> you don't have a speech impediment. I sometimes do. I slur my words. <sighs> anyway, regrettably, at the end of the episode. <laughs> uh, so, Ariel, there is a particular character you would like to discuss. I know you uh, briefly talked about it, but you want to go super in-depth. Well, there's actually two. Oh. Or I, I still want to go over, but... The first one I said about was Buddy. Ah, yes, Buddy. Yeah, because I loved his character progression and, you know, everything. Because it went from the beginning of it, of just him being this asshole. You know, you first meet this asshole. And then, you know, JD will tell you about his backstory, about him and arena being you know engaged they were both school Mm -hmm. teachers and how the school got bombed because you know and how she had died and that's what started him into this revolution or getting into the revolution for you know payback Mm -hmm. and so you get and to see a little bit more of the softer side and how he had never even picked up a gun before this so, you know, once again, you have a scorned man. And so then you start feeling for him a little bit. He, you know, does what it normally does. Like even with degeneration, you know, and Curtis with his family getting killed in Raccoon City, you know, they they like to stick with this trope of mm-hmm. a scorned man. So, you know, and the same with Curtis, he injects himself with something and now granted this is now this is the plaga and it goes through that whole thing if he just wants this to end you know he uh, sends his liquors into the palace blah 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 trying to get the president you know killed and then at the end of it this is the part that I really liked where normally it, it would be, you know, they turned into this, uh, you know, mutant mm-hmm. and they die. This is the part I loved about this is that he didn't. Yeah. That he 
was basically like, okay, you know, I have nothing else to live for, blah, blah, blah. And Leon's like, slap, slap. No, you're going to live. He doesn't really slap him, but that's what it felt like. like. Yeah. Slap across the face. Get out of it, guy. No, he, you know, takes the gun from him and says, like, you, you don't get to die because of the memories of everyone that died. Yeah. You have to live. And then he shoots him. I loved Leon's <laughs> little monologue there. It was like so true. Like you don't get to die and dishonor them and their memories. Like you, you, you have no more choice anymore. You have to live like slapped him right in the face with this big monologue. And it's like, Oh damn. Yeah. And then shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> and then it goes fade to black. <laughs> I know. But you know, and then the after credits, uh, you know, I figured that's what he had done. He had shot him to kill the plaga inside of him so he stops dying and then you know in the after credits scene with him in the wheelchair and you know wheeling up to this building where all these kids are going to implying that he then became a teacher at the end I loved that I loved that because he went back to what he done before it wasn't a you know, oh man, I done some stuff, seen some things, and I'm never gonna go back. He went back to being a teacher, something that he loved doing before all of this, and in for the memory of Arena. Mm-hmm. It was great, and I loved that because that was that part was the difference. I love how they broke the trope. Yeah, like you introduced the same exact trope in the beginning, but this had a different outcome, and I loved this different outcome. I think that's why I loved this movie so much because they always introduced the same tired tropes throughout the series and then twisted them every single time. Ada comes in, greets the president. Then you have the twist of the president being a badass. <laughs> and then Ada's like, oh shit. Then you have the twisted, you know, the trope of, oh, the government's screwing around with their people again. And then it gets twisted even further because it's like the government was actually being controlled by somebody else like they it was all the tropes were introduced and then they were twisted and this was the biggest one and the best one in my opinion yeah I love movies that I can't predict the outcome Mm -hmm. and I already predicted the outcome of this movie but you twisted it and that's what I love about it. I love not being able to predict the end of a movie. Like, clearly, okay, good guys win. Yeah. That part was predictable. But the part I didn't predict was the fact that Buddy lived. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a he turned into a zombie at the end and Leon killed him. That yeah. was the predictability. And that's not what happened. And I loved it. And I love the fact that he then went back and became a teacher again. Oh, yeah. You ever notice that anytime Leon's involved with a game or a movie, the tropes are always twisted? No, because, I mean, with Degeneration, those tropes were the same and they stayed. They yeah. stuck. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was I was thinking more like four. I thought about I forgot to even think about Degeneration, to be honest, because that's how important it is to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like four the you know the trope of oh we gotta we gotta do this and we can save some people like there's no one on the island to save everyone is pretty much screwed and tattooed Ashley and then instead of wiping out an entire city they wipe out literally an entire continent off the face of the earth 
Okay, sorry, island. There's a difference between uh, an island and a continent. Anyway, so yeah, they literally wipe off an island just off the face of the earth. Gone. Done. We went from a city to a large island. Okay, that is a drastic difference. Like, they went and took that to the extreme. And there was no magical helicopter to save us. We had to speedboat our ass out of there. <laughs> or, sorry, jet ski our ass out of there. <laughs> like, there's no magical helicopter to take us to safety. That shit got shot down. I know. Rest mm -hmm. in peace, Mike. But, I mean, the, there was always twists to the generic tropes in that game. And you're like, what the f... They, like, giant statues chasing you and shit, like... You know how terrifying it was to be chased by a giant Salazar? Uh, it's the tallest he's ever felt in life. Boom! Anyway, so yeah, that was my point, but you shot it all in the ass with the uh, degeneration. That's what I'm good oh, at. I'm sorry, damnation? No, Okay, so I was right. You shot it in the ass with degeneration. Just like Leon did in Welcome to Raccoon City. He <laughs> shot it right in the ass. We don't talk about that. We don't. Not yet, at least. That's Bruno. Yet, we yeah. don't talk about Bruno. <laughs> oh, gosh. So the next character I want to talk about is actually Daniel's actual favorite character in this, Svetlana. Yeah. And what I wanted to talk about is... Yeah, damn. Just damn. G girl with the dragon tattoo bullshit going on? Well, she, like... <laughs> fucking badass um, yeah yeah she was evil as fuck but I mean come <laughs> on she was a badass I'll have to give that to Daniel and the fact that it was another trope of okay you have a um, political figure out for their own agenda but she was you know intelligent and knew what she was doing she's not the penguin and <laughs> damn she, she almost got away with it, too. Uh -huh. It well, wasn't the, for the meddling kids. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that she could talk the talk like any other like political figure that's been corrupted in the series. But she could fucking walk the walk, too. Like, she was not taking shit from nobody. She beat the fuck out of Ada. <laughs> well, I think that was the first time ever, even in Ada's life, where she was a ma Like, she met her match. <laughs> yeah. Ada can just waltz into wherever she, and, you know, beat the shit out of people and... Jesus. There was definitely a lot of fan service in that fight scene, though. Yeah, okay. Listen. <laughs> Listen. That whole scene with her with her shirt off was completely unnecessary. I know what they were trying to get at to show the burn on her back. But wh why? <laughs> like, why? Why did I need to see tits? Well, and we didn't get explanation of why she had to burn. I mean, yeah, it's, just, exactly. it's, it's assumed it'd be a different story if we did in her like training past, but you get nothing from it. If, no, it's just there was here's some tits and the sight of the burn on her back. If like her secretary had come in and said, like, maybe that's the first time he'd seen that scar and said, hey, how'd you get that? And maybe she explained it. It would be make more sense. Yeah, no, it, it was just literally like, <laughs> what are you doing in my room? Uh, oh gosh it was completely in 110% unnecessary <laughs> so uh, I find it interesting that she's referred to as a prior instructor and all these other things and I almost get the, get the sense of familiarity between her and Ada 
like maybe not that she trained Ada, but so much more that, she, you know, Ada's known about her through that same program. I don't know. That does pose a good question and a good discussion because could it be possible? I feel like if Ada did know of her, I feel like Ada would have been more prepared to deal with her. Yeah, she wouldn't let herself get trapped. Mm. I would think she would know, like if she does know about her, that, but you don't know if that president's going to have... Who knows if anybody before that had that same panic room type setup. I mean, the lab had to have been Svetlana's, but... Well, if you remember, at the end of that fight, Ada basically acted like this was her whole plan all along. Was to get her ass whooped. And it could have been. And it could have been Ada knew exactly who she was dealing with. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just that does pose a pretty good question. You could debate it from either side. Yeah. She was all about that beehive. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Because I said it like that? Uh, it was literally... All I could think of is all about the base. The beekeeper. Like when you said all about that beehive, I was like, all about that base. Get what out the of here. heck? Get out of here. <laughs> beekeeper. Beekeeper. Oh gosh. I mean, we could pretty much do a whole episode on like theories behind Svetlana, but I don't know. I mean... I wish they would have explained yeah. a little bit more of her backstory. That would have been great. The whole, why did you get a burn on you? Uh, what were you an instructor of? Yeah. What was the organization that, you know, you were training people like this for, or, you know, with that type of combat? What, you know. How did you get your BOWs and whatnot? Yeah. Well, and that's why I feel we didn't get an explanation, because if we did... I feel like we would have gotten a huge chunk of Ada's mysterious backstory revealed to us. And that's what makes Ada truly a favorite character is that she is the woman of mystery. So Capcom, if you put Leon in nine, you're going to have to have Ada. Give us, if you're going to make a conclusion of Leon, give us the answers to Ada. (laughs) That's all. Does that mean Hunk gets his conclusion in nine as well? He makes a random let's, cameo. Let's go. Somebody, I can't remember who it was in Discord, once said uh, it's Chris's dad. There was like a whole explanation as to why. And I was like, you know what? I'm okay with this. <laughs> Which would mean it's Claire's dad as well. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, with all that being said, Daniel, do you have anything else you want to discuss? Not Resident Evil related, so. Oh, no. gosh. <laughs> Ariel. Kind of going along with that whole like fan service thing I love how they just like during the fight with her and Svetlana and she cut her freaking like thing here and like one tit hanging out like (sighs) oh gosh that's all I gotta say everybody's just accepted that Ada's a fan service character like that's I get it's canon it's accepted worldwide now I get you wanna have fan service for you know or for men with women Where's my fan service? It's all your tight shirt. You had Chris and Leon. Okay, look, (laughs) you guys get tits. Like, okay, I get tight shirts. I would like to see more, too. Where's mine? Uh, Oh, gosh. Where's the evil 12? That's where. Well, I mean, okay, I'll wait till 12. Or or the fourth CGI movie. That may never happen. (laughs) (laughs) 
you did, Capcom. Oh, gosh. I would like a shirtless, you know, any male character. Leon, Leon with a giant scar on his back. How'd you get that scar, Leon? Ooh. I gave it to you, Leon. Anyway, moving on, fade to black. Uh, <laughs> it's time to end the episode, but before we do, it's time for reviews. Woo. So what do we got, Danny? I will probably give this five out of five because I loved how the tyrants looked pre mm-hmm. pre transformation. The mostly it's the tyrant thing that's gonna do this for me. I mean story was good and characters were good, but I'm all about the BOWs, we know that. And the tyrant fighting the liquors and just whooping up on them, that was pretty hilarious. Well not hilarious, but great. Again, all I could think about when he said that was all about the base. I'm all about the BOWs. I was waiting for him to break out in the song. <laughs> This isn't Tariff. <laughs> Ta-da. Oh, gosh. Well, anyway, Ariel, what do you got for us? I definitely have five Leons out of five. I absolutely loved the plot, the whole storyline mm-hmm. of it. It was great. It was amazing. I loved the characters. I loved the B.O.W.'s. Like, yeah, I know I said, like, liquors are and everything, but I loved, you know, yeah. I liked them. They were great in this. I loved the Tyrants. The Ganados, like, I, you know, great. Loved it all. Definitely five out of five. Definitely worth a watch. So, I have to agree with all of you. But I do have one additional thing to add. I love the fact that we finally have a setting in Russia. Yeah. We, 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 we've gone through several games at this point when this movie came out. Um, discussing different branches across, you know, of Umbrella Corporation across the world. And we've only seen like a handful of them. I love the fact that we, instead of going through the tired trope of doing a movie about one that's already existent, one we've already explored in the games, we did a whole new one. We did a whole new branch of the Resident Evil organization. Or we did a whole new branch of the Umbrella organization in Russia. Well, it wasn't in Russia necessarily. It was Slovakia. Well... So Yeah, I mean, you get what I'm saying. In that region of the world. I mean, we also didn't have the branch of Umbrella we were talking about, but their impact was felt in this area. Yeah, the black market enough. Yeah, yeah. And that, that that's what I'm saying. I love that we actually got a different, completely different setting that had been impacted by Umbrella at some point in time and was still being dealt with. Like the aftermath was still being dealt with in a place that we've never discussed. Yeah, I like so, that too. I'm going to give this whole thing five out of five Leons, too. Oh, you stole my Leons? I'm just kidding. Five out of five hugs. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. More Leons, the better. So. No, I'm going to give it five out of five hunks. And the other thing I want to add is if you are going to watch this, don't don't base it off of its CGI animation. Remember, this movie is really old. Well, CGI I mean, was... If you think about it, the CGI in... Damnation is like a hundred times better than the CGI in oh, yeah. Generation. So, oh yeah, I mean by far. I don't say I'm not saying that it's bad, but if you're used to watching the new, you know, new CGI movies, and you go back to watching this, you, it's not going to be the same quality of animation. Like you're going to see some bugs here and there and some issues. Keep in mind, this was when CGI animation was still fairly new to Capcom. I think this is the first Daniel ever gave a five out of five. No, it's probably Resident Evil Five too. 
Possibly. And technically it was Rebecca's. <laughs> I don't think I ever mentioned it was Rebecca's, but it's implied. it's implied. Yeah, I was just sitting here thinking, normally you give it like four. Because Rebecca's not in it. <laughs> Oh, don't worry. That's next movie. Next movie. That'll oh be like gosh. a, a 12,000 out of and five. 12,000 out of five. Guess what, listeners? Next movie is Vendetta. So I'm ready for, for Vendetta. That. Ready for some gun action with Chris and Leon. That scene is pretty awesome, but we can't discuss that yet. Dang it. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. Thank you all for listening. Bye. Tune in next week. See ya. Bye there. <laughs> Thanks for joining us tonight on the Resident Evil Lurecast. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, tell a friend. Leave a comment and a review. If you want to keep chatting with us about all things Resident Evil, you can find us on the Robots Radio Discord. You can also chat with us at RE Lurecast on Twitter. Till next time, stay safe out there. And remember, we might have something that might interest you, stranger.